BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Well, hey, George, this is an awesome opportunity for us to, to have a chat. I always love, as a big rally nerd that I am, I always love having a chat and, and listening to all of the amazing things that uh, come out of your mouth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're too kind. <laughs> well, we get to learn, you know, what uh, an actual experienced person's perspective is with the WRC, which is, um, I think, a very cool aspect of things because most of us can can see what's what's uh, written on <laughs> plug dirtfish.com. Uh, but not a lot of us have the firsthand ex- experience other than maybe seeing some events and, and talking to, uh, to some folks randomly here or there. So um, I can't wait to hear your perspective here. I think our, our main goal for our chat this time around is Hyundai and how their season went. And um, to get your perspective on that, um, you know, it wasn't that great at the beginning of the year. What, what do you think was happening, not happening at that point in time? Um, that got them launched into the beginning of the year here. Well, I mean, it was it was apparently a very tough start for them at the the, the, the beginning of the year, and I do say yeah. apparently, and I'll go into that in a little bit detail. But I'm not going to launch into any long monologues here, Nate. Basically, <laughs> basically, they started late. They didn't get their budgets approved until I think it was Q3 last year, whereas everybody yeah. else was early enough in Q2. That they were already they already had a car developed by the time they, they had a car in its early stages of its final development by the time Hyundai got started. So right, yeah, right. B- basically, there there is nothing to level at any team members. There's nothing to level at drivers and their development ability. There's certainly nothing to level at the team manager, because I think we the one thing we can be rest assured without even any question is that. Uh, that the team manager at that time, Andrea Adamo, would have been rabidly pursuing uh, his Korean masters for budget, saying, you know, we'll be behind, you're killing our chances for next year unless you do this. And and the last point, uh, well, no, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's the main points to make from there. It was just very simply, they had a three or four month development period. They'd barely got the car turning a wheel when they had to go to Monte Carlo. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Yeah. yeah. And how, how long does it typically take to produce a new car? I mean, we've seen evolutions of, of a particular platform, but, but this is an all new, uh, entirely different platform yeah. from yeah. from the previous it, years. How long would that take typically? Well, basically, basically, they were doing it in 10 months. Uh, I think Ford, uh, M Sport got off, got, got in, out the blocks a little bit quicker than even Toyota. Mm-hmm. And they had all that fantastic help from from uh, Ford Ford partners in the U.S. I mean, mm-hmm. there that that Ford Puma is a car that had all its initial kinematic development. The package was, was benefited from the full original equipment manufacturer 
presumably a whole load of engineers in the US thoroughly enjoying themselves designing a rally car. I mean, God, it's a dream yeah. for these guys to get edgy with development and, you know, going out and, and being edgy and trying those interesting things. So Ford had out the blocks. But basically, um, you'd normally say you'd want between 10 months and 18 months to get a car really right. Mm. Uh, Tommy confounded that, uh, and, and that, that's why it's got a 10-month uh, date tag on it, because he came out with that first Yaris in 2017, and mm -hmm. that was that was basically a 10-month gestation period, and it still gobsmacks me that he managed that. Testament mm. to all the people around him, testament to his drive. I, I suspect it was horrible working there at that time. I mean, it's always... <laughs> I, I say horrible, um, really long hours... Yeah. People get tetchy. When people are tired, they get tetchy. Sure. Uh, the tempers would fray, demands would change and alter. People would delay doing things when maybe they could move ahead. It's a it's a contentious time in any team. Um and I always say and I always said as a team manager and it was it was a it was a, a very good friend of mine uh, who was uh, the well. He, he was a foreman engineer when I for, a for, foreman mechanic when when I first started at Toyota back in mm. mid 1985. A chap called Richard Cragen who went on to be the team manager of the Formula One team and then he's managed various Formula One races uh, for for organisers. In mm. uh, I think he did Abu Dhabi and he did Kochi and I think he did he, he did the U.S. Grand Prix in Miami mm. there. He's the guy that basically pulled that together. But he always said, he said, George, if you can't lose your temper uh, and then shake hands, you know, shortly afterwards and say, that's OK, you know, we just lost our temper. We're all actually on the same wavelength. Then you're working in the wrong place if you're working in motorsport. And I've always mm -hmm. borne that in mind. Uh, not that I lose my temper very much, but when other people lose their temper with me, I've always tempered that. So that's but that mm -hmm. the reason I'm explaining that is that that's a key element in a team, and it's important to understand how much tension there'll be between all the departments and all the people, all trying to meet a deadline to get a car out. And when someone doesn't do it, there'll be comments made about another team. It's very competitive as well. Nobody wants to drop the ball, and a lot of it, you know, it's motorsport stuff. It's down to specialist suppliers. So it, that's another factor which sure. can lead to very, very strained relationships with suppliers, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. But I always reckon the best thing to do is to go along. Always face-to-face. -face. Always face-to-face. Yeah. -face. If you want someone delivered, go and collect it. Go and see people face-to-face. Right. -face. Let them right. explain to them. And, and Hyundai obviously painted themselves into a corner. I'm sure they had as much stuff teed up as possible, but they couldn't actually press the budget button and pay anything until they got that sorted out. So... They started off with a car that I think, you know, nominally, the best it could possibly have been was right at the beginning of its development, its de development period. And they then had to homologate it. So now you can't change very much. Yeah. 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 They're timestamped so, at that point. So, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, so, so let's, let's do a jump to the end of the year now. Wasn't that an incredible, so now I'd have to say the development period for any car now this is where we need david or colin because they would have the facts to hand but sure. for whenever they started their program that is basically for, from there to monte carlo homologation date which would be in december sometime that mm -hmm. would be that would be the new development time for a car mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in my so view it, yeah i i think it's quite remarkable actually i mean you know it's positioned 
in a way that it seems like it's a bit negative that they're behind the the ball and they didn't get mm. going until you know basically halfway through the season already which okay rightfully so uh, however they did turn it around in a in an extremely short yeah. period of time and yeah. then became uh, a major threat to mm. uh, to the championship there which is uh, I think impressive uh, absolutely and and even on Monte Carlo you know they got some fastest times albeit in in circumstances but you know you look at the last stage power stage in in uh, in in Monte Carlo I think Thierry was third I'm doing this from memory now and he was maybe <laughs> only three or four seconds down uh, mm -hmm. I don't think he was any more than that uh, and it was it was something like an 18 kilometer stage so so we are talking about uh, 0.25 of a second a kilometer mm -hmm. when everyone was was going flat out trying to get points yeah um, I, again, I, I need to probably refresh myself a little bit on what the tactical circumstance was, but they right. they got they got a lot of good times when they were only losing 0 0.1, 0 0.2, maybe 0 0.3 of a second a kilometer on certain stages. Now, where that short development time really caught them out was the fact that they hadn't had any development, real mm -hmm. stage development, where they could see what failed on the car and what they maybe needed to alter in terms of bracketry fixtures. The reliability of the sighting of certain components uh, should it should it be mounted with AVs on it, you know, or mm -hmm. or or damper damper blocks, etc. These things are very difficult to change once you're homologated. You've got a limited number of of jokers. I think they've got five jokers a year, um, mm -hmm. so you've got to be kind of careful with those. I think you can get multiple things on one joker, but um, yeah. it de depends on how nice FIA are feeling on a particular day. It's always good to sweet talk <laughs> those guys. I, I say that I, I don't mean to I don't mean to suggest for one second that that anybody's bending the rules because they are certainly not doing that. But mm -hmm. there's a cl there's a clever way of presenting things when you've got time and when you've got the need. People get creative to to get things through shoehorned through, and that's part of the competitive, the exciting development, competitive element that engineers love. Sometimes they yeah. hate it. Actually, quite a lot they hate it, but but they should be. <laughs> well, everyone. Everyone hates yeah. it, but then but then you work <laughs> harder to to get your end yeah. result, and then it's something a little more yeah. prideful at the end. I, I'd say. I can tell you, looking looking back on about, I had about uh, 17, 18, 19 years at, at 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 WRC level teams before I shifted across to the customer teams for for STI, where they wanted to to focus and build that up because it had been languishing for for ten years basically, um, mm. but. I, I've got that, and I look back on all that time, all those development times, and I can remember the long nights. I can remember weeks and weeks of getting some stale, half-dried pizza delivered to workshops, <laughs> where you, and you're working till one, two in the morning. You're getting to bed at two, two thirty, you know, having a shower, going to bed, getting up again at yeah. six thirty, quarter to seven, and starting yeah. again. And you know, you, you'll get breakfast in the hotel. It's the only time you'll see the hotel, and it'll probably be in some. Ratty wee hotel in the middle of a mountain somewhere. Not that it's a ratty wee hotel; it'll be nice, but it will not be. You know, they will not yeah. have a chef on. What they'll have is the night porter will cut up some bread in the morning, put some butter out and some honey, maybe a bit of cheese and ham if you're if you're lucky. If you're and lucky. that's your lot. So, yeah. so you, you've you've not uh, you've not necessarily got um, great you know um, uh, catering or anything like that. And and I, yeah. I remember it. You know, it was it was hard, 
And I can remember being cold, I can remember being wet, I can remember being hot, I can remember being tired. Um, but <laughs> so, uh, I look so, back on it now with just fondness, of course. You know. Yeah. So, so name name some names. What was uh, what you would consider to be one of the hardest uh, turnaround times? That's a similar experience. Oh crikey! Well, I mean, having said that, I, I I talk about the hard times I had on development. So it was the hardest I ever did was was in Kenya, and it was mm. the year that. Group B stopped, and Toyota went back to that with the uh, the Group A Supra, not normally aspirated three liter Supra. Yeah, it was a bit okay. of a bit of a it was a bit of a tank, not very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. The follow the following year, I had a turbocharger. Now that was a car, crikey, that was something <laughs> else. Four hundred odd horsepower, more than we had with the old Group B car Are in the Group serious? A car. Yeah, and it was basically, from our point of view, it was exactly the same as a Group B car. Apart yeah. from, you had to use the original uprights, but you could tr- strengthen them and weld them up. It was kind of no almost like Group N Plus at the time. But that okay. first year with the with the Supra, we, we, we towed the car back from every corner of Kenya back to Nairobi to, to fit yet another engine when we were out testing and developing it because we didn't have the proper engines. So we just had standard engines. Oh, rebuilt Lord. we had an engineer left in nairobi was building things out of bits and pieces to give us another engine so we could do another day's test and another oh, day's geez. recce and oh, that geez. was that was probably eight weeks of that oh, eight weeks eight weeks eight weeks and we you know we we the only time we saw the hotel was like after midnight and uh and occasionally when we were out, we, we tried a couple of th- or three, well, you quite often you would go out for two or three days when you were trying to, when you said, right, okay, that's enough test and development. The guys are going to bring back more parts, right? We'll rebuild the car quickly. We'll go out and we'll do recce now. So we're now wrecking the route with this test stroke recce car. Okay. And uh, uh, th- there was also a standards um, um, uh, Supra that had a roll cage put in it. But it fell. It fell it, in Kenya. It fell apart after two days. It was well. It wouldn't fall apart. Far from it. It it it, it got broken within two days. Its chassis was broken. We had to repair that as well. More late nights for someone else. We had to get another a third mechanic down for that. <laughs> there was only. Bear in mind there were two mechanics, and one engine guy. Sometimes two engine guys, keeping the thing going. And oh, I remember on 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 one leg we went out and it was it was actually it was going to be a nice day. We 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 drove out from. If I think the first day was okay. We drove Nairobi, did a whole load of the legs, Mauna Rock, Mouse Summit, all those stages, and we stopped the night in a fairly. No, in fact, it ended up being a very average hotel because we weren't sure what we would be doing. We didn't book a hotel until later, and it was in a place called Kakamega, and we normally stayed at a place called the Golf Hotel, which was a very average hotel, just with semi nice rooms and showers yeah, that worked. Yeah, yeah. And we ended up in some hotel that really wasn't a hotel. It was. It was. It was nothing. A dirt. It literally had dirt floors, no carpets. The the shower was just a concrete sort of corner in the room yeah. with a tap on the top. It was just literally a tap. There was no. There was no spray. It was just a tap that dripped down, lukewarm to cold water. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't so, but it was an early night, and we did go to the good golf hotel for an average dinner. It wasn't brilliant. I remember having lake tilapia, and that sticks in my mind that we had the lake fish from oh, Lake wow. Victoria, even though yeah. we were a ways away. But the the following night we were going to be staying in, and 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 that night we'd already booked the next night's hotel in in um, 
Not Naivasha, what's the name of the place? Up at, right up at Lake Victoria. God, I forget, mm. the, I forget the place names now. That's ridiculous. But we, we, went, we went up there and we, um, we stopped the night up there, but the engine was already shot. Bjorn started the next morning to try and drive back to Nairobi and the engine blew up within 10 minutes of leaving the hotel. We hadn't even left the hotel. We were packing everything up. And the only solution was to put a tow rope on the car and I towed with my, my mate Andy Burnett in the car, in the, in the Hilux, High Ace van. We towed Bjorn at the end of a tow rope all the way back to Nairobi. Must be 400 and odd kilometres. Oh, wow. Yeah. So okay. we had we had radios, so we could talk to them. Um, yeah. Uh, but that was uh, that was a, that was that took us all day, and I think we didn't. We got down to Nairobi; it was still daylight. I remember that much, and we fantasised about. You know, we passed all the nice restaurants on the way in from the north. It would be really nice to go there for dinner tonight. Chances zero. <laughs> no. Car into the workshop, five o'clock. There was the new engine, so we start to fit it. The whole car needed rebuilt because it had actually done two days on standard parts, so we had to rebuild the whole thing. Um, some new parts, development parts had arrived, so we had to engineer those to fit. I do remember some new, some new uh, drive flanges for the rear axle, for the, the rear hubs had arrived, and drive shafts, and it turned out that the, uh, the flanges had the, um, had the taper the wrong way on the flanges. Oh, so they were wider at the outside and narrower at the inside, so you couldn't get the drive shaft through it. It's a terrible oh, job explaining explaining that to the engineers back in Germany. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so that so that that was that was the worst. So that went on for weeks and weeks and weeks, where you just literally three or four nights sleep a night. Um, you occasionally yeah. got a wee bit of sleep out on the road when you're out on the road, but you were very often just yeah. repairing the car for hours. God, that was a hard one. That's amazing. But yeah. it doesn't it doesn't compare with the sort of development those teams will be doing. You know, you, you've probably got six or seven departments. You know, you've got the electrical department. There'll be sub departments within that, developing mm. mapping, new mapping from the engines, with the hybrid units. That will be another department. Then you've got the the suspension design. Then you've got the suspension build. So you've got all your sub assembly departments all working furiously to try and get these parts right. And as those engineers build them, as, as the mechanics, the technicians build everything, you're hoping that they will feed back to you in engineering. And you honestly hope that your engineers aren't arrogant enough to dismiss their opinions as they're building something saying, this could be better if it was like that. Can we change that? This is just a test. And the engineers will write down all the little steps that they can pick up and do that. Now that's where Hyundai would have had less input because they didn't have the time to catch all that really good design input, practical mm -hmm. design input, where your 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 vehicle technicians, your lead technicians, your everyone that cares about it wants to make a bit of input. And if your team is not able to either have the time or the mindset to collect that, you will get an unreliable car. Right. Now, by way of giving a good so I'm talking too much here. You talk <laughs> you stop me. Um, but <laughs> by way of stuff. an example but yeah, by way of a good example Tom Fowler at Toyota, you see him, I mean, if, he, if he's not busy engineering uh, on stages and monitoring what's going on, the time in between time, he spends it with the mechanics. You see him talking to the mechanics, looking at parts, mechanics are coming across and pointing things out. The guy is constantly taking input from the coalface. Mm. And that is, that is why that guy is, I think, arguably well, the the best uh, WRC engineer of the moment. 
Yeah. And I would I would put him up in right now. I would put him up at the lofty heights of of uh, Citron's finest ever engineer. Mm. And and that man is a god, categorically. Yeah. So um, yeah. So 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 Monte Carlo Hyundai. I know that on our on our uh, podcasts and on our reports, we kind of said that they were in a lot of trouble. But I'd, I, when I analysed it out, I remember the podcast after after Monte Carlo. I'm not sure if I was particularly vocal about it, but I remember saying I don't think it'll take them that long to catch up. And I know that other teams were saying, crikey, Hyundai are nowhere, they'll never catch up this year. Yeah. When I analysed out the times, I could see light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. And, and, and then you come to Sweden, you know, in Sweden... Um, both Thierry and Ott both made great times from time to yeah. time, you know. Yeah. And in the end, yeah. I think was Thierry. I think Thierry was actually second at the end. Yeah, yeah he I was, and it, right. only yeah. only twenty two seconds behind. Yeah. Now, uh, and then people will say, "Oh, yeah, but Sweden disguises a car's shortcomings because it's softer and easier." Well, that that was maybe the case twenty years ago, but I don't think Sweden does that. It's a super fast rally requires right. massive commitment punishes a mistake very very severely uh, and Thierry did an, an incredible job I don't remember what happened to Ott but I suspect it was reliability was that where he got excluded for that or put into super rally if not excluded for the for the a um, hybrid issue I think hy hybrid it? issue he got he got yeah. a red light on a hybrid or a lack yeah. of green light and he yeah. had to stop uh, and again whether that was part of the interface with the car, again, lack of development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But honestly speaking, those Hyundai engineers, they, they, they did have shortcomings. You know, they were a little bit behind at the beginning of the year, but I think they did an amazing job. How did yeah. they do it? They just dug in and worked. There was right. lots of comment, um, lots of, lots of um, speculation about how they would manage it and, you know, this would be the worst year they'd ever had. And it ended up being... Actually, the most victories they've ever had in a year. They got five victories. Yeah. Pretty good going. Pretty solid result, don't That's you think? That's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You and it, have taken it, that. It, seemed, it seemed a lot like there were some shortcomings. There were some obvious ones. And it looked like possibly a car that wasn't that easy to handle, likely because of the lack of development. Uh, mm -hmm. didn't handle well from, from the driver's perspective. But at the same I think time... You've, you've, you've nailed it with that comment. Yeah, and at, this, at the same time, there were some yeah. really impressive drives. I would say some of the best drives we've seen in the championship for a while came this year with those boys trying to manhandle that car across the line Abs and get some Ab results. Absolutely. It was absolutely stunning. I mean, starting in, well, it was Sardinia ought one, and then, of course, he, he won again in Finland. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think I think your, 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 your point there about the, the drivers weren't happy with the car. The kinematic package and the, the whole package that Hyundai engineers made in that record time with no chance to try out their ideas and make little changes before they had to homologate, the job they did was worthy of a, a separate world championship award, in my view. Yeah, I know a couple of those engineers in person, although I, I'll be honest with you, I've not spoken to them in a few years. I know quite a few of the, the technicians, and I have spoken to them this year. I met them in, I met them in Mont in um, in Safari, um, and I know they're a keen bunch that care massively. 
But but those guys, those engineers, and you know, they're, they're, there's probably the better part of 30 or 40 engineers. They they deserve a team award on their own for what they managed to pull out of that. Their package with very little development was instantly quite quick, but the drivers needed to be able to tailor that car and alter that car to give them a package that they could drive easily everywhere. And that clearly wasn't the case in Monte Carlo. They got some decent times, but overall, I think they ended up in Monte Carlo about six minutes off the pace. It looked like a golf. But in mm-hmm. fact, they had, there was, there was, there was light shining through that terrible result with some top stage times and some good yeah. performances that said actually yeah. the engine's good, they're getting it down once they once they tailor that package and quite clearly that's only setup. That's mm-hmm. driver setup. And and yeah. drivers we know are very, very particular about that. Right. It, very little of the car's real performance comes from the driver tuning, but all of the speed for the driver comes from that. You right. know? Uh, so it, 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 it's, there's, a, there's a dichotomy between the two things. On one hand, their input into the engineering of the car is, is relatively, relatively small, but ultimately they're the ones that have to create, make that package deliver for them. The, dry, the, the engineers, on the other hand, when they're designing their car, they have to factor in what those characteristics they're going to get are and have the driver on site to say, this is the car we're making, this is how we're going to try and tailor it for you. So it's very much a collaborative process with disparity. There's all the development is with the engineers initially and then ultimately to get the performance out of it, it's the, the nut behind the wheel that, that, that makes it work, you know? And, and they are nuts, these guys, because they're so incredible. They, they, they have to be nuts to do what they do. The high-speed right. commitment of these drivers is just a yeah. sight to behold, and I would urge anyone that's not been to WRC Rally, the first one you get to next time, don't <laughs> go to a popular place. Go and find the fastest bit of road that you can that's not straight, and <laughs> be prepared to be absolutely speechless. And even even I am speechless when I see these cars going past me on long, fast corners, blind, flat in top gear, never lifting off. Just it is just utterly awesome, and it just completely rekindles your your belief that rally drivers are the best in the world. Well, all I gotta and say yet, is uh, get it, yourself it, along to Dirtfish and learn. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I would say, for one thing, it's impressive something can leave you speechless, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And then also, just rub it in, because uh, we still don't have a, a WRC event on our shores. So, um, although at least we're back in North America this year, which is uh, very exciting. That is, oh. that is great. And, and, you, and, you know, you have the best stages in the, in the world, really. Some of the best stages in the world up there, up there in Oregon. Of course, I did the... The w, I joined the WRC rally there in 1986. Uh, Olympus, that would be it, up in Washington. Olympus, yeah. in, in Washington. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just up the road from yeah. you, isn't it? It's just it's yeah, ne- yeah. next door neighbor. Next door yeah, neighbor. Those, those are the roads I cut my teeth on, actually, when, yeah, when I got are. into the sport 10 years after, after that. Um, we were still running on the remnants of those roads. Um, Gord, that were, that absolutely were amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing, yeah, amazing stuff. roads. And then you've got all these other fantastic rallies around the country. I mean, it's you, mm-hmm. you are spoiled for choice, mm-hmm. really. Um, and, and I do hope that, that, that uh, WRC makes it to the shores one day. Yeah, well, um, I think we've had, well, I think there's, I think there's been, there's been, there's been Criterium de Quebec. That ran for years. 
That ran yeah. all through the seven, all through the seventies. That ran. I don't know. I think it ended towards the end of the seventies. I think that rally disappeared from the WRC. Yeah. Um, and it was and quite, I think it was quite often only drivers. Yeah. But that's that a very, snow very healthy, healthy uh, rally team group up there that that still produce yeah. uh, very, very good events. And and uh, yeah, Eastern Canada is a, a great hotbed for uh, for rally up there. They still Got actually do some snow-ish events up there, um, which is really neat. Fantastic. So our our uh, mm-hmm. U.S.-based snow events are very interesting uh-huh. in that we aren't allowed yeah. studs, and that's a, a massive challenge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and certainly, you know, 25, 30 years ago, that would have been horrendous, but now there are such fabulous studless snow tires. Well, uh, one, would, know, one would think until you're faced with a rear-wheel drive car in the middle of indeed, Michigan indeed. on polished, <laughs> polished snow. So, so, when, so when you're doing those rallies then, what, what yeah. tires do you run? Do you run just like the softest rally tire you can find, or what do you do? A snow rally tire, but without the studs. Um, that... I, would, I, would run, I would run on a road tire, and I would buy those road tires from Japan, from northern yeah. Japan or Finland. The reason for running this this snow uh, is you basically have zero chance of any traction on the polished ice. Uh, with yeah. we've tested a lot of different options. Uh, everyone has as we're all scratching our heads okay. trying to, to, okay. to come up with it. And the benefit, at least uh, in the lower ranks, was that you just when you bounce inevitably off the snow on the side, then you have traction and can actually pull pull out of it. Okay, otherwise it'll, it'll dig its way tire, out, yeah. Yeah, otherwise yeah. with the ice tire, you're, you're, you're stuck, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah the, ice, the ice tire also, the, yeah, the ice tire also is prone to punctures as well, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. softer and more pliant yeah. on the side walls, yeah. Yeah, it's Tricky. a great event, but yeah. even if we were allowed uh, a DOT stud, I think it would just be absolutely stellar. But without that, it's borderline yeah. dangerous. <laughs> yeah, those 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 two two millimeter studs are not really too damaging for the road. Yeah, and and you would like to think that you could actually, you know, even if there's like eighty or ninety cars running, you can say to everyone, say, look, for Christ's sakes, do not light your tires up on the asphalt. We w- yeah. we don't want to see any any skid marks down the road because we'll just get banned. Yeah, just yeah. you know, save it save it for the stages. But yeah. but but some someone would. Someone would, someone would do it. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, although I'm you, sure. you know, you, sh- you should be trying to preserve your tires, but, yeah. but <laughs> someone, someone's bound to be an idiot, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it'll always happen. Yeah. Well, getting... So, and, and anyway, so yeah, get get back, get back to this uh, WRC team. Mm-hmm. Come back this year. Go on, mm-hmm. ask me another one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think uh, was a turning point? I mean, it was an uphill struggle from from the beginning as they they pushed through and tried to to uh, make up for lost time compared to the other teams but uh what do you do you think there's a particular event throughout the season that that really was the the clear uh tipping point for them when they really made uh, a big leap to match the other teams is there any particular point throughout the season that you saw that um not not really i mean i think i think right from the outset they've actually made steady progress and that's echoed if you look at if you look at the comments that we got from from their uh, deputy team manager um throughout the year you know he was he was quite confident that they were going the right direction and making the steps and and i could only echo what he said when i look at the when i look at the times and his progress i genuinely think that that he, he managed to do that mm-hmm. uh, 
Portugal was a good step. You know, Thierry was was fastest on the first stage, and and you know immediately immediately quick there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just you know all all right through the, the the beginning of the first leg, he was actually right up there. And where did he finish at the end of the first leg? I can't remember. I think he'd I think he'd had a problem and fallen back. Had he maybe even I think he'd maybe even gone by that point. Yeah, so he came out the box fast, but then. Ot Tanak picked up the, the mantle and he was making top three times, you know, less than, less than a second behind at the end of a stage. I don't care if the stage is five kilometres long or 20 kilometres long, 0.9 of a second is, you know, you're in the fight at that. Yeah. Um, although I think, I can't remember, I think Thierry maybe had a puncture on that first day in Portugal. But but obviously it was, you know, the, 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 big, the big change was, was definitely Sardinia mm -hmm. uh, because yeah. that's where, that's where, that's where Ot won. Um, and and you know he, he basically just held it together. Car reliability, I think, was their biggest bugbear to my mind. They had that little bit of what can only be assumed to be bad luck in that the the hybrid unit failed in Sweden. Yeah, I suspect. I, I, mean, I never ever heard an outcome from that. No, uh, it 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 never happened again, and uh, it um, it never happened to any other teams, obviously. So. I would I would suggest that uh, either the team had made a mistake with the wiring up. Now I, I believe that I would have believed that it's entirely separate and down to the down to the manufacturer, mm -hmm. uh, or the manufacturer, you know, made some changes to prevent that happening again. Mm -hmm. And I'm not damning them at all because again I think their development process was probably quite difficult due to a number of factors. Mm -hmm. Which we, we which I don't really have the detail to discuss fairly and openly, but it only happened that once. But other than that, you know, they did have reliability problems. The cars broke. They had issues that, that continued through the year, but they, they they got more and more on top of it as they as they went through the year. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you see, I mean, it, when you look back on it at the time, it felt like it was a catastrophe for them. But but there we are, you know, just just on event five. They've, they've already won albeit i think that was uh that i think we were ready into the end of may by the time there so i suppose we're kind of getting close to halfway through the year yeah but it was only event five um so a little little more than a third of the the way through the the actual year yeah in fairness in fairness to my extrapolation um uh, so so yeah I, th I think that was it and then you know obviously the kenya was kenya to them and I think that once again, Ott had a great, a great chance out there, um, and got got robbed again. <laughs> um, sad, sadly for him, um, I can't remember. Did Thierry had a? Did he not puncture somewhere? I can't remember exactly what Thierry did. Yeah, but again, the car, the, the car, the car was on for there. Obviously, they were made to look. Everybody was made to look a little bit amateur there by a Toyota one two three four. Yeah. which was pretty amazing pretty damned amazing uh, but but obviously obviously um you know later in the year Hyundai did exactly the same didn't they mm -hmm. they did the one two three four again later in the year yeah. so they had, we, had, we had that twice and that, that you know we didn't shout that was massive you know when Toyota did that we said oh these guys are the kings but yeah. we didn't say the same when Hyundai did it I think that was a little bit unfair I, I, again I have this team perspective where I really want to support all the guys and teams because I really know the pressures and the, the sure. pain of all that massive amount of work 
sure. a massive amount of pressure and that heart in your mouth all the way to the end of the event. You've barely got that evening to enjoy it when you go back to back to base the next morning. And, you know, you'll, they'll fly back the next morning. They'll be in at work by one o'clock uh, in the day on the Monday after the rally, getting ready for the next event again, because the, the pace is that frantic. Yeah, it's quite it's quite exhausting. So I, I really feel for them. But I think I mean, obviously, they, they did. What was it they did? We did Finland, uh, Ypres and then Greece, that, that massive result in Greece. Yeah, uh, where where they, they they I think what did they do there? Did they get was it Greece? They got the one, two, three, four. No, it wasn't. Where where was it? They got that. Oh, and now you're, you're testing me yeah. here. Yeah, I'm testing but I, you. I sorry. Think, <laughs> I think some of that was some of why that wasn't highlighted so much is there was some controversy around uh, yeah. team orders that that caused a lot of that. Uh, I guess tarnish that that took away from that yeah. that result. Yeah, and again, again for me that was, it, was, it was actually a one two three, not a one two three four. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it was a it was a brilliant result. Um, mm -hmm. I think ultimately the the decision got left to the the manufacturer team principal, you yeah. know, the, who maybe didn't understand or appreciate the nonces of what he would do and the repercussions later in the year. Right. Um, uh, obviously, Ott felt entirely unsupported. Um, at that point um, yeah and I wouldn't say that he didn't feel that way throughout the rest of the season yeah, <laughs> I think that was yeah. just the, the straw the straw that broke uh -huh. the camel's back at that point yeah yeah exactly and, and I mean did Thierry deserve that win well yes but he did actually also throw off the road um, <laughs> uh, in, in, in his home event you know right. the event before right uh, uh, and you know, th thereby giving Ott a bit, you know, a, a lifeline on the championship. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I don't think it would have made any difference, and it was unlikely to make any difference, which I suspect was why the manufacturer's team principal thought not to change it. Sure. Um, sure, but, but you know, at, at that Ott's, point, you're, Ott's, you need to yeah. reward all of the hard yeah. work that that all of your teammates are doing, not just. Uh, That's that it, yeah. and I mean. You know, a, a championship for a driver at the end of the year is nearly as valuable as a manufacturer's championship. You can advertise it in a very, very similar way, mm -hmm. if not exactly the same way. You can leverage it exactly the same way. So I would have thought, if that had been me, difficult call. Um, if I'd been the manufacturer's team principal, I might have done what what the what the Korean boss did. Mm. If 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 I'd been the team principal. I'd have been looking at it from a team point of view. Now, I don't know. I suspect that Ott was already on his way. He might not have made the decision, but I think there's a number of things around Ott that, where he was saying, I'm not going to stay next year anyway. I don't yeah. think Thierry's going to go anywhere else. I'm going to keep Thierry, but but why piss him off? But, yeah. you know, they're paid a lot of money. You know, you'll do what you're told. Um, <laughs> a, a difficult call. Um in the in the core of me, I would have always tried to get the world championship because you know it's it's rally and anything can happen. I would have given Ott, I would have given Ott that win, in the hope yeah. that he could have done it and they could have turned that one around without any risk at all. Mm -hmm. Really, I mean it was it was a riskless turnaround. Yeah. So I would I would have done it on the basis that I'm meant to be a neutral team. Why didn't they do it? Mm. There's there's factors in there, but um, I would have I would have given that one to Ott. Hard decision, but would have done yeah. it. 
I've been I've been in similar circumstances before, Mm. but we but but as a team we've made undertakings to a driver before the event. So, for instance, at Toyota in nineteen eighty eight, Diddy wasn't going. Diddy Oriole just wasn't delivering results, and Freddie Lloyd's was more consistent and 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 capable of beating um, um, Diddy in a number of events. And it came to Spain. Uh, it wasn't. It was. It must have been nearer the end of the year, but it wasn't. Certainly, wasn't the last event in the year. We decided that we would drop Didier from the points, and put put um, put put Freddie Loix up for points along with with Carlos Sainz. Now Carlos, he crashed early on, mm. so it, um, and Didier and Freddie were battling out for the lead, uh, very, very in a very measured way. Diddy, when the when he had the bit between the teeth and when he decided that everything was right, um, he was unbeatable uh, on, on his day, yeah. and he just drove that rally right from the word go. And one of the caveats when I got when I got uh, was part of the discussion with with Uwe Anderson what we would do, we decided that we would drop Diddy, but we we also knew that dropping him would give him the would give him the realization that he needs to deliver or he's going to lose his drive. Yeah, and he'll probably he'll probably go out and win. So yeah. at the point at which we did that, I said to Uva, I said, right, Uva. So we need to tell Diddy is he, he's playing the team game, even if he even if he's winning, we'll give you your win bonus, whatever you need, but you you're going to have to give way to Carlos or or um, or um, Freddie to win. And Uva uh, said, no, no, no. If we do, if we pull Diddy, we're gonna we're gonna let Diddy win. If if Diddy earns it, then Diddy earns it. And now Uva was a driver, so there's the driver's mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. So Uva Uva Anderson, if he'd been at High and he would have let Thierry win. Uh, actually, I don't think he would have done, but um, <laughs> uh, that he, he would have led towards that in the competitive element. You know, you you, you won it, you win it, and, yeah. and you deserve it. But um, anyway, Diddy went out and he, he won the rally, and we let him win. Everyone thought we would turn them around at the end, but we didn't. Mm. Uh, ultimately, uh, did that cost us a championship? Um, uh, I think it might have done actually. Mm. I think I think it was that close. I think it might have actually cost us the championship. Wow. That and a number of other things. That and a number of other things that were okay. poor yeah. performances. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll fess up. They were poor performances from the team, mm. and some questionable decision making along the way. But there were factors involved in it. But Hyundai didn't have any of that this year. They just had that one event, obviously, where it was a bit contentious. Yeah. I think Ott was going to leave anyway. That's my opinion because he's not necessarily left because he doesn't feel he can be competitive. At least not solely that. There's other things going on in his life, and he's decided he needs to leave. Yeah. I think Hyundai's lineup next year is pretty fair. Yeah. Pretty fair. Yeah. They've made interesting choices. Yeah. Um, yeah, it the only be... one, the only one I wouldn't have made was that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have chosen Craig Breen over Hayden Padden. Right. Nothing against Craig, but and, and putting Craig back in that car, I reckon Craig will go really well. Yeah. But um, the loyalty aspect and the fact that Hayden has proven himself time and time again in that car, I think he can be a slightly different, ca- difficult character mm. regarding setup and test. Mm. You know, I think the the sort of comments he was making previously were maybe a little bit similar to what Ott was making this year, mm. but he's pro he's proven that he's well capable of managing it, 
Uh, he's been gone a couple of years. He's hungry. He'll come back. He'll comply. Yeah. He will play the card, the hand he's dealt, yeah. and he'll play it better than he played it before. Yeah. Um, so I think I and and he's a proven winner right at the top, fighting right, the, right. the big boys right at the top. Craig has never done that. Craig's been very close to it, and Craig's proved consistency and incredible speed. Between the two, personally, I would have gone for Hayden, but there's other factors in there and other mm -hmm. factors I don't know about. Well, one, um, but there's, there's there's not much in it. Yeah, one aspect of that is gaining the knowledge of your competitor's vehicle as well. Like I think a minor factor to, oh. to bringing Craig over is the fact that he's with, was with Ford. That, and has a lot that of is a seriously good, seriously good point. Yeah, yeah. So there's a benefit coming in. You're going to get testing knowledge. You're going to get yeah. setup knowledge that inevitably comes back. Mm -hmm. uh, plus, plus the fact, of course, let's not forget, Craig's had a tough year, but he had some great performances. And mm -hmm. once again, you know, every time that Craig crashed the car, he, he wasn't off the pace. He was mm -hmm. on the pace. He wasn't yeah. crashing off pace. The guy was on the pace every yeah. single time. People, people forget that. The guy was not slow. He yeah. was not dreadful. He just took his little bit of time getting started, was usually in the fight. Yeah. And certainly when I've tracked pretty well every single off that he had, he was he was probably misjudging the pace slightly mm -hmm. and going a little bit too quick. He didn't crash because he was going slow, yeah. which a lot of drivers do. And that's, you know, then it's just forget them. Yeah. And and the world the world right. quickly does. But but and when and he so Craig's earned his drive from that point of view, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And when he when he did <laughs> super rally, he came back and was, was that equally putting in some pretty quick times as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean honestly he's he's one of these drivers that can just all of a sudden come good. I'm mm. always mindful that there's lots of drivers like that that right. in, in the past that were average for many years and then came good. Sometimes they've not had an ongoing opportunity and they've faded away, but actually they've had the makeup to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Danny Sordo's a typical driver that could have fallen into that trap, mm -hmm. but Danny's fallen into this super reliable second driver. Mm -hmm. And I say super reliable. He's, he's, he makes the odd mistake, Danny, but, you know, he, he always delivers that good performance. He's a great yeah. team player in a three-car team. Mm -hmm. um, He's slotted into it, but he, you know, he could have been, you know, he could have been a Craig Breen, he could have been a Hayden Padden, and not quite had the chances. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Let's not forget how long Danny's been around. Right. When when right. did Danny start driving factory, factory Citroens? Was it two thousand and two thousand and four, two thousand and five, something Very like that? Very early on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, you know, seventeen years at the top. Yeah. Seventeen years at the top. Only a couple of wins. Yeah. Has he got two wins or one win? I can't remember. But uh, I mean, I feel like it's more than that. Is it maybe two? Yeah. I, I don't yeah. think it's. I don't think it's much more than that. We should be looking up EWRC <laughs> with Dirtfish. I, I, I got my plug in. I got my plug in. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah that's very good. Go. Yeah. 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 Hey ho! Now look, I, I got I got told at the start of this by by our boss that I wasn't to talk too much, and I thought well, that's a bit of a that's that's a bit of a lame duck. But but you've yeah. held up really well against me actually. Mate. I'm liking that. And well, as always, you've made some great points. So well, all, all again, I want to do I, is attempt to 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 yeah. feed you some some points where we can we can learn yeah. about what it's like so, from the manager's perspective and the t uh, team so perspective. I'll, to I'll, see what it's about. I'll I'll ask I'll ask you a question then. So from your point of view, as as a as a hyper fan as we all are, anybody <laughs> listening to this will be a hyper fan with huge amount of very valid comment and 
and observations that, that are all worthy of answers. And if people ever ask questions, I will always make the time to try and answer them. But mm. you do have to buy me dinner, or at least <laughs> go for dinner with me somewhere nice. You don't have to buy it for me. I'm, I'm really cheap. But I do like to go to places, nice places for dinner. But, but you know, what, what, would you, what, would you, what was the most surprising thing in the Hyundai team for you this year? You know, I, I would say it was uh, Oit's performance in uh, Finland. Uh, to me was absolutely yeah. breathtaking. I think it was it was yeah. almost inept. Uh, everyone walked into the event going, well, Kali's going to take this. This is no problem. It's his backyard. And uh, yeah. it, it looked like White was dragging the car to the finish and going to spitefully win above anyone else. Uh, and that, that sheer will and determination and obviously talent mm. gave them a fantastic result. And I think I think it almost seemed to me that was where, uh, like I mentioned, a tipping point. I think that point in the championship and for the rest of the season, that was what really uh, put them on, put the rest of the teams on notice and gave them the confidence as well as I think they sort of figured some things out on that event too. Um, And really got, I I guess, I guess they did. Yeah, Yeah. They must've done. Yeah. They must've come with something. So yeah, you you asked earlier, where was the turning point? Finland. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Good. I'm glad you agree. Absolutely, that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that that drive from Ott was drive of the year. You yeah. know, not detracting anything from the amazing job that Cali did. Yeah. Um, from the fantastic drive that Seb Loeb did in Monte Carlo, which yeah. is also, but I mean, so many standout drives this year. But for me, Loeb in in Monte was just. What a remarkable fun! You know, people people listening will know I love I love the right person to win a rally, whether it's deserving or whether it's just a, a wish list from me because I think they should. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it's always deserving. But Loeb, wow, that was that was out the box. That was, and then Ott's drive in Finland was just again yeah. another level. And because Finland is so specialised, right? It's so on the limit, you know. You know, how could you come away from that saying the car's still not perfect? Right. And you did that, honestly? Yeah. That's, I don't disbelieve them, but my <laughs> God, it's hard to believe it. Yeah. You know, you're, 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 you have to trust your guts in, look, you're Ott Tanak, you just did what you did, you're telling me that the car ain't right. Yeah. Yeah, okay, you know, you're bigging yourself up, but I'm not going to disbelieve you. There's no right. way, you've, right. just, you've just done magic, you know, straight out of... Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, (laughs) what you managed to do, mate. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. And that that was a standout drive and a remarkable effort. Yeah. And and it could be even better. I think the thing he needs, he looks at the car, I think he should look to himself, come along to Dirtfish, get a few lessons from you, Nate, and that'll be it. That'll just (laughs) clinch the deal. That's going to seal it right there. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, one of the the biggest regrets that we had, um, which I'm not sure if I'm allowed to even say this, but we were supposed to have... Uh, out here with uh, a Hyundai WRC car after Mexico um, in 2020. Um, and that was the beginning oh, of the end, super. if you recall. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, was, yeah. the car may or may not have been here, but uh, no one else was. And we had some really lofty dreams that were going to happen that time. And that was one of the, the casual, casualties. Of well, yeah. So we almost had him here. And then, you know, uh, we could have probably yeah. taught him a, a, a little bit more of our lift turn brake technique that would have really just pushed <laughs> him over. <laughs> <the edge. laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. 
absolutely amazing. But but you know, again, rally drivers are that still still maintain this. You know, all the Formula One drivers have driver coaches. Hmm. Yeah, and in rallying, we don't really have driver coaches per hmm. se. Okay. But what we do have is we have we have engineers, but most of them aren't riding engineers anymore. Okay. Used to get riding engineers. You know, your event engineer would ride with you on a test. Okay. The co-driver, the co-driver quite often didn't even go along to some yeah. tests yeah, because, because right. your, your team engineer would, would ride with you yeah. and understand what how you were driving and what we needed to do to change the car sure. and also discuss with the driver how they can change their technique to suit what the car can do. Mm-hmm. You know, you're wanting the car to do this. If I make the car do that, you're going to lose out here, here and here. Mm. Now, that will still happen, but not from the co-driver seat perspective that they used to have. I might be wrong. It might be that they do still ride. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and and they, in my view, they certainly should do. I would I would ask them to. You can't make anybody do that because it might be more than their nerves can stand. If you're, <laughs> if you're like Colin Clark, all they can do is scream and whimper all the way through the stage as, as well as exhibit awe, you know. But if, if, you're, if you are a bit fearful, you know, there's no point to doing it. Sure. But... But you can learn a lot by by sitting in a car and and learning with it. And I remember, I've had the opportunity to sit with a lot of drivers for quite often, several days at a time, and understand their driving technique and and been very surprised on occasion by their driving techniques. Mm. And then and then just myself, even you know, without my vast without any vast engineering detail, but a great understanding and appreciation of car handling and what affects it and. And what you need on a particular surface and and stage and and uh, character of road, sure. Um, uh, and and you can make input and you know and and drivers will sit there. How do, what did you think of that? You know, am I getting the most out of that? Well, you know, what what do you think if you just? I think if you break a little bit earlier and we're a little bit wider on that first series of apexes, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and and they'll try it and it'll be slower. Mm-hmm. And then you'll you'll make another comment later, or you'll have a discussion with them, and I, I see what you meant. That was slower, but how about if I do this? Mm. And you do that, and then all of a sudden you start to find seconds on a test road. Now it's only seconds mm. on a test road, but but what the driver is doing is subconsciously or consciously they're cataloguing all the little different techniques and options to adapt and extract what they need out of that car. Yeah. And and th- and that's that of course is what the Hyundai guys were missing at the beginning of the year. Yeah. To understand that car, that understanding came quite quickly on some stages, but only where only in the if you like the fair wind, downwind they could do it, upwind they couldn't, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, but but the team adapted and I and I just I have so much time for those guys at Hyundai, the, the team behind the drivers. Yeah. Um, I think they've done an amazing job this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they've, they've not had the laudits. Maybe at the end of the year, they are getting a little bit of laudit, but all the way through, guys, I, I genuinely supported you and felt for what you were doing. Yeah. And, uh, and that is, a, that they, is they an interesting just, point there uh, that yeah. you bring up. Um, the, you know, the, the question of what do you gain from the amount of time uh, in the car and what do you what does the team gain from more mm. seat time more development time all of that and that's the, putting what you said there specifically of what that yeah. is that's that's a really really interesting point i think to to highlight there Ab- absolutely you you'll know yourself from you know the the 3d I mean, just to bring it back down to you know a, a common denominator low level and uh, not like not wrc level 
But you'll know yourself when you're teaching people at, at school and you've got a two or three day course. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll maybe be struggling with a particular thing to, to, to get it hammered in, to be able to nail it every time a particular technique you're showing them. They go away, think about it overnight, come back the next day, nailed it, next mm -hmm. thing, and then you're... And, yep. and it's amazing how the discussion, the thought, maybe they go away at dinner time, talk it through, the, the understanding comes, and that's what testing yeah. is all about. Yeah, and sometimes it's just... catching the car's nonsense. Yeah. yeah, and some of it's just uh, even running both ends of the the spectrum there and seeing what works and what doesn't and, and saying, okay, fine, if you, you think we can go that fast in here, I will show you what that gives us. <laughs> and, yeah. and then seeing what Ouch. the actual result yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and then you'll get me screaming like a little girl as well. <laughs> the, yep. the, the, I, I hasten to say I used to get, I, I did used to get quite scared in a car yeah. with the drivers, but only when you went to the shakedown. So it mm. became somewhat of a tradition with our Toyota drivers when I was team manager. Uh, in the, so that was the back end of the 90s that I would, I would go for a run with each of the drivers on the shakedown. Mm. Uh, uh, if unless there was other people wanting a ride, I would step aside. It didn't worry me too much, but um, the the amount of frights and they would take great delight in seeing how scared I was, <laughs> and 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 my my technique in the end was quite simply on 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 really fast roads in Finland, Australia, uh, New Zealand wasn't so bad because you can read the road there, mm. uh, Acropolis. I mean, I didn't do I didn't go in on every test, but it, frequently I would go in with them. Monte Carlo, Corsica, you would end up just looking at your feet. <laughs> because, so you, you'd start off looking and then three or four massive frights where you're thinking, oh my God, we're, we're off. And then the road was there. And then, then you know, the very next corner, crikey, he's missed this one as well. You know, we got around that one, but the, the accident must be happening here. And then, you know, a big stab of the brakes and you're off round again. And you're, you're left in awe just occasionally, just occasionally, you used to have to look at your feet. I generally looked out, but occasionally I have ended up looking at my feet, which is a really, really good solution to fear, <laughs> to fear. in a rally car. And oh, I have, I I have passed this recommendation to Colin, but I'm not quite sure he ever took it on board. Um, but it, looking at your feet is a complete solution to the, um, the terrors. Because wonderful. what you see, you know, you're, you're coming up to a corner, you're in, you're in fifth gear, and you can see that the road goes left over the crest and obviously you can see a tree line going down, you can see it clear and it quite clearly there's a big stab of the brakes, fifth gear maybe down to third gear because it's obviously over a crest and blow me, they pull sixth gear and turn right. You don't, you've not even seen there's a road to the right but there's a road up to the right that's basically flat and you've not even spotted it. Those things give you a proper fright you know, when, when it happens because it's, you know, it's just at the last second. Why is it not breaking? Why is it not breaking? Yeah. And all of a sudden, sixth gear, what? And then woof. You're away, and you're sure you're just, you're just waiting for the tree hit before your eyes yeah. tell you that, oh, crikey, yeah. it's okay. There is a road here. And you didn't see it. And that has happened to me so many times. Um, I giggle about it now, but my God, at the time, I can tell you. Yeah. Oh, never, never, ever would reveal it. it was a problem. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you. Are. I looked at my feet for, for the middle section there. I'll give you that. But that was all. Otherwise, it was. Yeah, you're pretty good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to admit, I think that's what's uh, what's so uh, interesting about chatting with you is is for one, it's obvious that you're a rally fan, uh, and you pour through all the data from every event in in real time or close to it. Uh, but the fact that you actually rode along with the, our heroes of, of the past yeah. 
on a regular yeah, basis and, and actually manage yeah, them. That um, that's that's yeah. that's amazing, man. That's why it's so much fun for that me was, to to sit back and listen to the, what you have to say. <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking forward to kicking back a little bit with you and having a few lunches at some point. Yeah, uh, Nate, it's it's, it's going to happen next year, I reckon. It absolutely I reckon, is. Yeah, I reckon we, should, we need to okay. talk about that offline. I think. Actually. So hey, look, I think I think we're out of time. I think you're going to have to you're going to have to wrap it up at that. Yeah, I think so. Um, well, yeah. I. Th- well, Fantastic uh, op- opportunity to chat with you as always, um, and really appreciate uh, like, your insight. Likewise, it's uh, it's stunning to chat to you as well, Matt, <laughs> Nate. And, and I, I have to say, I have to say, I'm extremely jealous of of, of your job, and, and will be for the rest of my life. I think uh, you've got the job of my dreams, categorically. It's just what a great place to be. It's, introducing people to rally, yeah, uh, yeah. In, on fantastic cars on a fantastic course, and surrounded <laughs> by. Uh, 20 or 30 colleagues that are just all I, I, I take it everybody loves to be there every minute of the day i love all the videos of all your colleagues yeah yep. and i still i still i still check them all out even the marketing guy makes his job sound interesting and we know that marketing's <laughs> not that fun let's no, be honest exactly but when you get to sell this it's pretty special yeah it's it's uh it's amazing and um i think uh equally seeing seeing rallying and what that looks like in, on the top level is is very different from what we're seeing but at least we get to uh give people their first foray into the sport and uh, to, in my opinion the best way to experience rally is is firsthand um, either seeing it but especially doing it and that's that's the the gift that i'm absolutely lucky to to be able to offer to people fantastic well nate thank you as always a pleasure absolutely sir uh great chatting with you and and can't wait to to chat about some more in the future see you all soon thanks for listening all right thank you Thank you.